The intermediate line advises a language and concept warning for the entire show. This episode of the intermediate line is brought to you by Nervous Water. For all your premium fly fishing requirements, please visit nervouswater.com.au. And Beast Brushes, Australian-made brushes and dubbing, professionally graded natural materials, plus a full shop for all of your fly tying needs at beastbrushes.com. Make yourself present when out of town. In need of a partner when you're struck down. The way that I witness, you never know. Yeah. And I'm on the stand. Yeah, I'm on the stand where you don't jump. Try when you wanna. Try when you need something from it. That's the money. It's been a whole, a whole hour of, of unproductiveness. Nine o'clock. All right, Jeff. Well, look, mate. I clearly, clearly, you know, you got a little bit excited in conversation there, mate. But we can just tone it down. We'll hit record, and we'll record the show. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's the way forward, man. Let's yeah. Do it. Right, yeah. mate. You, you why don't you hit the intro and dazzle the people with a with a with a stunning intro? Did you practice anything? Nah, I don't need to practice. When you're this good, you don't practice. You, you got know? this, have you? Yeah. Did you say dazzle? Fancy pants, Volta. <laughs> hit it, dazzle. All right, man. I hit record. Okay, no. and it's going to start recording in five, four, two. Hang on a minute. Go, Volts. Wow, that was so smooth, man. Welcome back, listeners, to Thanks. Chris and Volts. Intermediate line. Don't, don't well, be like that, mate. Put yourself first. It's Volts and Chris. Yeah, look. Why do you lean towards there? alphabetical? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, man. Hey, uh, <laughs> how you been? Uh, a bit crook. You could probably hear it. Uh, you know, I've got a, like, uh, not COVID, but, you know, something in my nose. And uh, I'm just getting to the end of a man flu. Which is probably I was meant to go fishing on Monday night. Sorry, Jakey. Had to pull the pin on you, dude. But uh, it was good conditions, good moon. Bit of a sweet revenge there, hey? What are you yeah. talking about, Tiger? Didn't Jakey pull on you recently? Whoa. No aggressive <laughs> way to word it. A bit aggressive, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, well, you know, these things get in the way, mate. It's all good. Um, but, yeah, couldn't go. So another another fortnight. Man, I always feel like forgot what fishing feels like, you know, Sam? Between yeah, the rain, the school holidays... A lot of excuses. It's almost spring. Spring has nearly sprung, mate. Correct. At least we've got the, the podcast to keep us warm, hey? <laughs> yeah, man. Keeping us real warm. I'll tell you what, Volts. We had a lot of uh, a lot of feedback from the last show, as you would know. And, yep. you know. and as you know, because we speak before the show and we can't pretend like this is all organic, that we thought we'd bring up some of the, some of the points that struck nerves to the audience yeah yeah that's certainly true it's probably one of the most i'd say discussed but yeah it was um 
it was a fee, you know, it was a feedback rich um, podcast. I had a lot of people comment, you know, wanting to know more about it, uh, about a couple of things. First of all, um, they, Keith Rosinus was certainly a very popular guest. Um, you know, he's got a lot of star appeal for people, but, um, you know, he didn't pull any punches uh, and, and he answered a couple of big questions, you know, and I was stoked that he that he addressed some of the questions, particularly the uh, bumpies. Um, yeah. Because that's sort of been one of those things we've been talking about on, on the potty. And, 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 you know, you talk about fishing with, uh, you know, dream destinations with your mates. You know, I'd love to give bumpies a go one day. And then, you know, someone goes, oh, you know, I heard, I heard they're jagged or I heard they're flossed or, or whatever. Um, or, you know, my mate went here and they were doing this or my mate was on a trip and this guy said that, you know, he's been there and, yeah, they definitely hooked in the mouth. And, you know, it, it's just literally great to hear another point of view from someone who's been there and done that in one spot or multiple spots but yeah well look we've had we've had technically four people on the show five people on the show who have caught bumpies now alex roy has caught one on the east coast i know dan ivanoff's got one on on cocos uh cranky as well has got him on cocos and keith rose innes has got him on fuckwa 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 yep um so you know there's there's some pretty um uh, diverse environments for those fish to be in and some great anglers who have, who have pinned them. Yeah. Now, I've never spoken to Alex in regards to what happened with his. Uh, I'm sure Alex would be happy to divulge if it was flossed or it picked it up uh, or even if he didn't wasn't aware. Um, but I haven't asked him. So we can we yeah. can take that one out. Um, Dan Ivanoff, I remember, remember saying that he didn't know either. You know, he, he was fishing for him and he didn't know whether what, what had happened in that circumstance um, because sometimes, uh, as Keith had pointed out and Cranky had pointed out, that flossing them, it can, it can end up near their face, right? Yep. But Cranky was – oh, no, we've had six people. James Norrie as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. James, James talked about it as well. So both those guys have both said t- – um, they don't eat, okay? Cranky was, uh, James was a little bit blase in, in referring to it, but James had spoken to us off the air and spoke a bit more detail about it. And back then, I don't know about you, Vols, but it kind of felt like, oh, geez, that's a that's a touchy subject. You know, I don't, I'm not sure if we want to be bringing that up too much. But then yeah. Cranky just came out all fucking nuclear about the whole thing, you know, which I thought was very brave and, and great because I think honesty and transparency is the best thing for our sport, right? Totally. Yep. Yeah. You know, if um if if people are thinking that um those results are achieved by fish eating and can't replicate them, well, people are going to give up. And that 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 aspect of um of fishing could apply to any species. If people are if people are tricking people in one way or the other, whether it's scented fucking flies or burling burling things up in in faraway destinations, um. You know, I don't, I don't think that's fair, and I don't think that's right, and I think that's unbelievably unethical. So it was really cool to hear Cranky to be speaking like that. Oh, regardless of of what they say, first and foremost, I respect someone for just saying what they think. All right, mm. uh, and then you know, someone with with the experience who, who of Cranky, who's you know been there and done you know fish for those species and experienced it. Um, 
you know, definitely, definitely taking it on board. Mm. Um, but, so, you know, I was going to say, personally for me, yeah. um, they're a fish I've, I've wanted to chase and, and you know, for a long time. They look they look bloody cool, you know. Me, um, yeah, me too. I think you'd have to be made of stone to not want to chase them. Yeah, yeah, there's something different. And, you know, part, you know, this is going to sound like a little kid, but when, when I heard, you know, a few people say that, I was like, oh, well, you know, part of the dream, um, you know, when it, when when a uh, when a dream dies, mate, it's sort of it's a little bit bad, eh? You know, it's like fi- finding out Santa Claus ain't real or whatever. <laughs> I hear what you saying, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so then then when Keith said, no, nah, there, you know, there there are occasions when they then they definitely eat. Um, mm. But fuck yeah, it's back on, man. So, <laughs> yeah, keeping the dream alive. Fuck yeah. Me. So we got a bit of feedback in regards to that, and, and yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's not, not, not. I mean, the feedback's not important to name names. I suppose I will name one of the feedback there because it's it's quite clever. But um, but well, yeah. You know, I guess a bit of the discussion there was um, uh, a couple of people. I sh- I will say actually, you know, claim Keith was um, full of shit in regards to it, and I I've, I actually found that a bit offensive. You know, to be honest with you, I mean, like you got Keith Rosinus. Is, is involved in in one of the most unbelievable fisheries in the world you know like the um the seychelles group um and those adults that make up the seychelles you couldn't it's probably there's probably nowhere else in the world that's got that sort of ecosystem you know um yeah. the amount of time that guy's spending either with his clients or, or the rod in his hand is probably unequaled by many people around the whole globe really and to be in that in that area to to say that he doesn't know what he's talking about uh about us about you know from a from from some of those people made comments who probably have never uh, uh, i would wager have never seen bumpies in the wild some people have who made those comments i'm, I'm sure um but to, to, to say that through their experience doesn't line up with keith's is is uh is pretty narrow-minded really in my opinion and I, and i that's my opinion but i think at the end of the day i found it very interesting that it evoked that reaction you know Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But um, you know, one of the analogies I thought of um, in replying to one of those guys was that, you know, um, you, you, we've all seen the footage of GTs eating the sooty turns. Ironically, it's in in the Seychelles as well, mm-hmm. but it's not. That's not relevant. Um, but GTs don't eat sooty turns everywhere around the world. GTs <laughs> are everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they they don't. So I mean, you can't say that that uh, Bumpy's on Cocos because because they're floss there. Um, and no one's caught one in the mouth there yet, although we've seen pictures of flies hanging out in the mouth. And this is all based... I've never fished from. You've never fished from either, Volts, right? I've had casted too, but it was sort of not deliberate. Yeah, keep going. Yep. Anyway, um, but we're, we're basing that off what Cranky said and James, right? Yeah, that's right. Yep. 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 And that's, that's, and that's how we're coming to that opinion. And I would take their opinion seriously, having never been there, and given the limited amount of people who have been there and, and the experience of the people that have been there as well. But I would also take Keith's experience and recollection of his observations very seriously as well. I wouldn't be one to dispute Keith Rose Innes as to whether Bumpy's eat or not. And I thought it was quite rounded in him saying that, yeah, sure, they floss the occasional one too. Pretty hard not to when you cast across a, like a, a school of 20 of them and they run into the line. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You brought up an interesting conversation for those that are playing along home with this is that when you brought up can you identify 
trauma mark or, or um, can you identify whether they have been flossed? And he said, yeah, you can bring up the trauma marks. You know, you yeah. can see them. And I've gone through, since that since that interview, I've seen so many bumpies online and uh, and you can see, like you can see this big dark blotch on them, you know, yeah, where the, where the hook's gone in and they're taking the hook out and put it put it in the mouth for the photo. Okay, but if that's if that's happened, you know, and uh, it, it's hard to point the finger at someone saying that for sure, but you know, if if that's the most likely thing, if it did happen, why 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 would you do that? Ah, uh, it's ugly. I guess it'd be ugly to take a photo of such a stunning fish with a fly in its forehead. You know, really. <laughs> Just take it out. Just fucking leave. It. <laughs> like, for me, it's it's similar to the whole. You know the scenting of, of flies. And who are you kidding? You just, you just, you know, you literally just masturbate. <laughs> Don't you reckon? I mean, I know that's yeah. terms and pretty crude, but why, why bother? Like, what are you? Well, you doing it for a pat on the back, a pat on the head, like, you know? Uh, you know, it's it brings up an interesting topic that I didn't know we we're going to go in this direction because you could say that, you know, we live in interesting times. Um, and people, you know, like people use the expression doing it for the gram. And you talked about like, um, you know, it's just masturbation at the end of the day. Isn't that what Instagram is? You know, really? I mean, for, for people that, um, you yeah. know, base yeah. their business on on selling themselves and a brand of themselves on there, it'd be very important to not have a photo of a uh, of a bumpy with, with a fly in its forehead, really, at the end of the day. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but yeah. we'd... We, more to my, but the, the tail end of my point, sorry, Voss, I'll right. just wrap it up, is that I wonder if the, the same person would have done this back in the early 2000s when there was no social media around and were people chasing these fish and doing it the same way without removing the fly and putting it in their mouth. We'll never really know because if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to see it, hear it, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So you see what I'm saying? It's uh, I think I think that's the reason why people do it, mate. <laughs> because yeah. we know we know we can only go by the sorry we can only go by the experience of the people that have been there and what they tell us. Everyone, except for um, except for Dan and Alex, have told us that yes, those fish are commonly flossed. One of them has told us that they definitely eat. One of them who told us about the eat pointed out something different to the rest of them is that he's discovered a situation as to when they are eating uh and it, and it's not like he always finds in that situation but when he finds the bumpies over over clear patches of sand they'll pick up the fly now i i wonder in regards to that if that's the, you know i believe what he says but I, I i tend to think why you know if if these guys other guys are fishing these bumpies on coral flats and a very visually busy bottom you know, and they're chucking this orange crab out there. It'd be probably easy to get missed, but you put a you put a chair in the middle of a soccer field, or i.e. Or, 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 or sorry, another example, a bright orange flexo crab in the middle of a of a sandy patch. Yeah, a, a fish of, of high intelligence such as the wrasse, like that, those parrot species, I should say, um, they're pretty intelligent fish. Like they'll they'll probably go over and pick it up because they don't have hands, right? Well, yeah, <laughs> the only way they can try something out is with sticking it in their mouth. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Kind yeah. of like a dog with a bucktail. That's the reason we don't have a dog at home anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, but you know what I mean. So I, you know, like I, I tend to tend to 
um, adds a lot of weight when you sort of rationalize it. We know these fish are coral eaters. They're probably not eating crabs. And the, and the most popular crab there is is a bright orange crab. We don't even know if they can see color. But like um, but if they can and they're fish and keeps fishing over patches of white sand, um, it it makes sense that these fish would go, what the hell's that? And just lean over and look at it on its side like he's describing and pick it up. It's 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 a here's another proposition for you. Like obviously, um, you know, they, these fish are obligate coral eaters. Like their their mouth just says we we eat coral. That's what we're built for. Yeah, we so, poo sand. Yeah. yeah. We poo sand and if they're up over the uh, the sand, well, the sandy and weedy sort of flats where some of the some of the uh, footage shows, and and that seems to happen in some of those Seychelles destinations, mm. um, you know, maybe those ones are up there, you know, for for to eat other things or just you know just for looking for dessert. Who knows? We're not a fish. We'll never fucking know. But maybe those two ones are far more likely to eat and less likely to. Um, you know, to, to run into a line and have a crab pulled into the side of his face. Who knows? Anyway, um, mm. yeah, sort of interesting um, because that those sort of – there is a lot of that sort of background, that sort of benthic strata in those photos, um, the, the sand and weed type scenario. Um, it's, it's sort of interesting. I, I, I'm on the case, man. I love to find out more. Um, and, you know, like you, I've been I've been surfing a few photos up and, and uh, you know – yeah, there is there is definitely some photos where there's head trauma, you know, associated with lines running across his forehead, um, you know, hooks in sides of faces, that sort of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Mate, yeah. they should they should make they should make t-shirts with an outline of Bumpy on it and says I I want to believe written on top of it, right? Like like an X Files thing. <laughs> 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 yeah. Don't steal that idea, people. That might be an intermediate line shirt. That'd be a cool shirt, right? Yeah, mate, it'd be a good, yeah, it'd be a good shirt, hat, sticker. Yeah. yeah, maybe we could get Caterfly to make a line of um, I want to believe shirts, right? <laughs> <laughs> you listen, Al. Yeah, mate. Follow. Great ideas, mate. Just, yeah. just pour out of this show like <laughs> nectar from a nectarine. I got nectar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thick. Yeah. 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 And if you're one of these people out there who, who's got a, a bumpy, you know, in questionable circumstances, that, who cares? That's your business. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Right. That's the other thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm not, who cares? But, you know, like, fuck. That's... The way Cranky described his technique of flossing, I thought was quite technical, you know? You know what I mean? Well, you expect nothing less from Cranky. He's excellent and everything, mate. He wakes up in the morning and pisses excellence. Pisses like, excellence, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just like yeah. Uh, shake and bake, you know? Cranky's man, he, he's one of my favourite anglers. Eh? I mean, I, you know, like I really enjoy watching what he does. Uh, the way uh, the way he he approaches fishing is is just so pure. You know, like yeah. coming on a podcast and just saying, "Nah, ah, they don't eat." You know, yeah, <laughs> how cool is that? What a fucking legend! I really really admire that and that that honesty. It's um, yeah. it's guys that fish enough like like Cranky that 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 display that honesty publicly. I, and I really I can really appreciate that. That's for sure. What a legend. Sure. Yeah, he is good dude. Yeah, yeah, very nice genuine. Point. That's the word. Genuine. Yeah. Credible, authentic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You could say all those things. <laughs> that's for sure. Hey, I'll tell you one thing though. That um, well, just before we drift off the subject of the bumpies, and I told you I would mention, I would name one of the one of the guys, and I might even read his message, and I'm sure he won't give a shit. 
Okay, but um, just a second. Um, I'll bring it up, and that is um, Jeff Anderson, who we've had on the show before, one of the star cast of um, Heads or Tails. Um, it's just thanks, Jeff. You've sent me another funny message, and you curate some great messages. But I'm going to read out what you said here. Um, <laughs> Jeff was one of the first people to send me the uh, Victor Bravos. Uh, green grenade VB uh, men's grooming kit pictures, and I thought that's pretty good. Um, let me see if I can bring this up, mate. Um, okay, a lot of dead air, great for podcasting. Oh man, maybe I've find it, mate. I'm trying to bloody find it. Nah, oh, I know, I know where it is. I'm looking, I'm not on the intermediate line podcast page. Uh- Oh, you're in the wrong spot. Yes, that's a simple yeah. mistake. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so I said to him, he says to me, um, Chris, you're way better than Volti. I really wish Volti would pull his head in more. And, um, and no, he doesn't say anything like that. I just made that up. But he did <laughs> He did go to say, awesome show, lads. Uh, had a, and, and a legendary guest. And he's referring to uh, Keith. I've gone, um, thanks, Jeff. What did you think about the bumpies? He goes, hmm, bumpies. Let's wind back the clock 20, 30, 40 years. What do milkies eat? What Or permit? There's an odd fish, the, the odd fish that uncharacteristic, uncharacteristically will eat a clouds or something that they aren't supposed to eat. Nowadays, permit, they're not just a dream fish. It's likely that you, you will catch one if you see them. Milky, milky techniques have also been refined. Tuskies are another species that could be grouped into the same. Bumpies, hmm, super unlikely to, to give them their diet of coral. And I agree. But but they're probably in the in the same phase of inverted commas nutting out as milkies and permit thirty to forty years ago. That combined with limited locations and people targeting them equals it's too early for most to have a qualified opinion if they eat or not. Keith and uh, Keith, the guys over there are more qualified than anyone. Uh, for anyone to have to cast the flies at them over just a couple of trips and not get an eat, but jag one or two. Has has the right to an opinion also, but not as qualified as others. Uh, that they're, they're never going to be as easy as permit or tuskies, but there always be a few fish that breaks their own f- known feeding routine. Couldn't get more of a balance point in my opinion. I thought that was really cool. And the 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 aspect he, he led on there in regards to developing fisheries, as yep. in bumpies, is uh, is another good point. Really, we we could be sitting here in the um at the dawn of a bumpy re- revolution. You know. <laughs> A bumpy renaissance. Yeah. Right? Well, it, renaissance. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Look, yep. Uh, that's really good perspective from Jeff. Um, you Surprising, know. eh, for someone who drives cranes. I know. I know. Yeah. He's uh, he's got a wise head if if somewhat aggressive, but you know, <laughs> he's. Um, I, I was impressed. That's that's good perspective, Jeff. Good one. Must be your your first name. Thank you. And um, <laughs> yeah. Yours is spelled different to his, right? You're J E double F, right? No, he he spells it right. It's got the English spelling. Yeah. Be off. Yeah, that's the one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No. So Funny so yeah, that was that was one of the more more um, rounded feedback questions that um that we that we uh, comments that we got in rather. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of chat about that. Hey, um, did you? Well, I had a lot of people comment on um on the outro too, which was uh. Yes. Yeah, you know, we, we made a comment about uh, we made lots of comments about 
you know, uh, Sunshine Coast, Lua Maker, uh, James Holt, Holt Productions, who had a really, has a really innovative, um, you know, plastic called the Swim Prawn. Um, you know, and I had, had a few people sort of go, well, um, and one, one comment in particular stood out, they actually haven't listened. He goes, oh, what did you have on this week? You know, and I said, oh, you know, we, we spoke to Keith Rose Innes, which was, you know, what it was with respect to that. And then, um, you know, I said in the outro, we spoke about, uh, you know, uh, James Holt and his, his lure being, you know, so recklessly um, uh, plagiarised by, yeah, by oh, a yeah. tackle giant. And um, he goes, what's that got to do with fly fishing? And uh, anyway, I, I said, well, look, you know, yeah, it's it's not necessarily, um, it's obviously not a not a fly fishing topic, but, you know, there's a lot of parallels there. It's fishing, it's a, it's a cod, you know, it's a, a local producer, it's, uh, it's a little guy versus the big guy, you know, it's almost, a, you know, a fishing version of the castle, but not comical, you know. Um, <laughs> fishing version of the castle. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah, eh? Hey. I feel bad saying that straight up because it's all like I've diminished it and made it humorous. So, it, but you know what ties in with that? What's that? What do you know about lead? But like, you know. Anyway, the the point the point was like if if you don't, and what I said to this to this gentleman was you know like. If if you choose if you choose imitation over innovation, like eventually you're going to pay the price one way or another. Um, you won't get innovation, or, or you'll you'll have you know cheaper shitty products over over the long term. It's unavoidable. It's unescapable, and that's the reality of, of choosing you know me too style products. Yeah, uh, the point you tr- I guess the point you're trying to make there, right, is um, that the show wasn't as face. It wasn't about James's prawn. It's great yeah. to bring up awareness of it. But the, but the point of the outro was in regards to, like you just said there, um, you know, uh, yeah. placing your interest um, selfishly towards those who um, uh, create and, and inspire as opposed to copying and, uh, and, and imitate, yeah. right? Yeah. You know? and, and if you're a copier, you can sanitize it any way you want, like, oh, I did it better or, you know, I can see a gap in the market or something like that. But, you know, everyone knows what you've done, why you've done it. Um, and, you know, like, and that's fine. Just don't pretend it's something else. Don't don't be altruistic about it. Mm. Yeah, sort of like masturbation with bumpies. But anyway. We'll get, we'll masturbation get. is like procrastination. <laughs> how's, that, how's that saying finish up? Uh, seems like a good idea at the time. At the end of the day, you're just screwing yourself. Yeah. Is that the right? Yeah. Yeah, that was um, was uh, more PC than I thought, but that's cool, man. You did it well. <laughs> if you were spelled J E double F, I would imagine that would have been very different. Yeah, how would it go? Oh, you know, Shazza, Dazza, mate. I don't know. I don't know, mate. I don't know what you guys talk about when you get drunk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, look. In conclusion, it was yeah. uh It was uh It was a. Uh, it, it was just. Look, it was just it's just building a bit of awareness at the end of the day, you know. I'm sure you guys have seen it. People you know, I don't reckon I don't reckon the majority of people actually pay attention to what's what's going on in the industry. So I guess it's good to have it brought up in a discussion. Um, I don't reckon I just don't think people need you, you probably don't care, you don't need to care really at the end of the day, but you know, if you've got the choice of 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 two products that are exactly the same, 
wouldn't you rather spend your money towards the guy who who invented it if you if you had a choice right um and if you're going to think about it selfishly like i said there and this is not not in regard i mean this is in regards to james but many many things in the fly fishing industry as well because man i tell you the fly fishing industry is one of those industries that like people just feel free enough to just rip other people off big time mate. it's it's, it's yeah. wild really is but i it's hard for me to say any of this because i am in the industry without sounding like i'm having a whinge or or something like that so you know if, if that's the way you want to hear what i'm saying chances are i was never going to change your opinion before you even start listening <laughs> to this show you know yeah, I but, um, those people are listening out of hate so yeah probably yeah, what, yeah. What they Pro- want to hear, you know that's fine yeah <laughs> yeah that's fine but it's not my intention it's not it's not my intention i mean i'm a, I'm a consumer as well and i'm not just a consumer in the fishing industry i'm a consumer in, in other in industries like throughout my life i've got you know, family, you got to, you know, my house, my car, all that sort of stuff. And that's the way I sort of try to direct mine. And I'm not trying to preach either in that respect. But if you're given a choice, maybe maybe this conversation might spark a um, um, a bit of a decision where it may not have been there in the first place, you know. And um, and that's, at the end of the day, if you want to think of yourself, that's that's a really good thing. By, because by supporting innovators, it brings more innovation into the market. Yeah. Um, supporting people who imitate and copy or do something after someone else has already done it, um, mate. It, it, there's not much. There's not much. Uh, there's not much that can blossom out of that. Really, at the end of the day. Just remember, yeah. no one, no one cares or remembers who climbed Everest second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then the famous words of Ricky Bobby: "If you're not first, you're last." <laughs> 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 Oh dear, magic man, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Back. yeah. <clears throat> hey, um, mate. Speaking <laughs> of, um, <laughs> yeah, mate. Go. So try and segue out of that one. Let's go. All right, I will. Yeah. <laughs> I had an idea just then, as I was as I was umming and ahhing and and quoting Talladega Nights, right? Yeah. Um, remember we had Nikki Bobby on the on the podcast. <laughs> Nikki Bobby. That's right. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Thanks. Um. I thought, I was just thinking then, I wonder, I was just thinking about some of the innovations that have sort of happened through fly fishing, and I thought, I was actually thinking of this for a future show, but because we've had the pin pull on us from a um, from a, from a popular trout guide, we've gone from Keith Rose Innes to getting bailed on by a trout guide, uh, and that's, you know, that's cool, that's, these things happen, I'm only joking, I know he's probably going to listen to this, I'm just, just um, poking him in the ribs, um, he's a busy man, Yeah. get it? It's, um, I get it. We all we all have busy lives. I get it. Anyway, I was thinking that uh, is there anything that that you would have that you would consider to be a, um, a a pivotal innovation? And if we were to discuss this, we could probably limit it to sort of you know maybe the last fifteen years or something like that, right? Oh, this is fascinating. I like this. Yeah. Um. Well, let's try and think of some of the parameters. I suppose. Like, if you're gonna if we're gonna talk about this. You know, I guess we could probably break it down into fly fishing, maybe fly rods or fly tackle and right. maybe fly tying, maybe. Yep, right on. You know, fishing, tackle and tying. You know, I guess they're the three pillars of fly fishing, right? <laughs> <laughs> social media, the four pillars of social, four pillars of fly fishing. <laughs> if it's not caught on social media. Well, it, it is right at this day and age, isn't it? Like we've said on the podcast before, photos are currency. You can't. It's day and age. If you've um, everyone's got a phone in their hand, 
And if you're out there preaching, uh, listen to me, listen to me, and you don't have evidence and footage or whatever, <laughs> you kind of need to shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's let's go at it, man. Is that um, is that your is is that your uh, your choice of biggest innovation in the last fifteen oh, years? No. All right, but I'll ex- I'll expand it on a bit because I do think it is. You know, I think it's I think it's really good. <laughs> I, I've I've said this plenty of times. I reckon we've all people in the industry know, and people even who've been doing it long enough know that fly fishing has ebbed and flowed. Right, like there's been waves, so to speak, inverted commas. Right. Yeah. And and I've always thought that that the re- like not so much the reason for the waves previously, but the reason why fly fishing would probably uh, has has probably waned in the past is because it's it, within media the access to media we've had, with the exception of fly life, of course. Um, in, in if you're into if you're buying fly life, you're already into fly fishing, right? And yep. so it's not really generating new new participants in the sport. But if you were going to get into fly fishing, the only media that we we would see is you know the back column in 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 a, like in a fishing magazine like we might get someone who occasionally fly fishes who puts up a monthly fly or or yep. something like that you know someone of, of, of very little credibility yeah. um they'll do something like that uh or we might see you know we might see someone with, with credibility like i remember seeing an article from i don't want to bang on about it, but i remember seeing an article from starlo about floating crabs up in fishing for permit that was a great or we might see rex hunt you know, fly fishing in the northern territory or something like that but it was there was although some of those things were, were great there was nothing that shown showed a lot of results, and I thought that I think to myself that when you're learning the sport, it's hard. And if if you can't relate to someone and see the results of someone that's accessible to fish to you, as in like there was no one really banging brim, you know, you wouldn't see too many articles about brim. I know they're there, but it wasn't a, a great deal. Uh, but now with so, the inception of social media, you can go anywhere and you can see any fish in the world and see someone catching them on fly and know that it's possible. And it's, now it's possible, which will inspire you to persist. You know. There's people to there's millions of people to reach out to now, where you could just set, ask a question like how do you do this or, or I'm having trouble doing this. There's so much more information. It's 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 social media has probably had such a big impact on on fly fishing and the popularity of it and the perpetuation of it, which leads to more product development and and, and just a better sport than than anything else has. And it's probably been um, mainstream media that sort of kept it in its place for a, for a very long time. Yeah. This is a really valid point, man. Um, I was get, when you first brought that up. I, I th- thought one of the angles you're going to go at was perhaps the growing our sport. One of the most valuable types of media is the, you know, the 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 cross, you know, cross institutional style magazines where they do little bait and a little bit of fly that helps grow you know you're exposing to to non-fly fishermen like you said fly life or a dedicated fly fishing magazine whether it's fly fishermen in the u.s or or you know fly angler back in the day or whatever mm. um, you're, you're already preaching to the converted right yeah you know, someone someone who picks that magazines up has, has already has already made that uh made that jump um you know, and and I saw a really interesting commentary um, on a on an Insta profile recently. Um, someone put up a photo of Rex Hunt, um, and Rex Hunt used to um, and and they they argued that you know nobody's done more for for wreck fishing in Australia. I think he, they mentioned it wasn't specific to fly fishing, but Rex, as uh, you know, had. I think uh, that's a fair comment about Rex Hunt, actually. Yeah, like he made he made he made you know fishing in general like it was on. 
was on a Sunday Arvo or Saturday Arvo just before the news or the footy or whatever. I, I can't remember. It was a really accessible time slot. And, um, and you know, he did a lot for fly fishing. I can remember him before I fly fished. He was there, there throwing, you know, red tags at trout. And, you know, I was explaining it in his own sort of slightly fly kook way, you know, but very endearing. I remember he got this really big flathead on fly in the Gold Coast Broadwater. Yeah, yeah. I, I can remember him up at Melville Island catching uh, threadies on Barden Black with, with Starlo. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I often that, talk – sorry, you're right. I was going to say, is in your opinion, is that – that that's sowing the seed, that, you know. That it mightn't pollinate, or it might sorry germinate straight there, but it will in the future. You know, someone's going, oh, that looked fucking cool. You know, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. It it, uh, it 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 didn't motivate me to fly fish at all. Like I I um I thought fly fishing back then from watching Rex Hunt. You know, I knew he'd go to a trip away, and even then, I wasn't inspired by people what they caught on a trip away. You know, like because they're great places that. You know, yeah. like that 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 you go and pay to go away and fish. They're not they're not real. Like I mean, I'm more interested in. I was always drawn to what people the results people had in high built up areas or where you lived or something like that. You know, things like the AFC appealed to me more than more than anything else really. At the end of the day, but anyway, I digress. My opinion of fly fishing was was formed from Rex because he was fishing in his local areas down in Victoria, catching tiny little trout, and I I thought trout only got that big you know like fit in the palm of your hand or a little bit bigger <laughs> it wasn't until i moved uh, i lived at jindabyne for a while that that yeah. used to catch brown trout on lures like in uh, like little hard bodies and they were huge man i was like holy shit but still yeah. it still didn't sway me to fly fish there was no um there was no there was no connection to fly fishing from 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 rex hunt for me uh, personally but it yeah. was for you though right is that is that what you're saying well, i was just saying it sort of exposed me to it and maybe maybe opened my mind to to you know future messages someone like me probably took you know lots and lots of those sort of incidental you know um uh you know exposures to to fly fishing to to take the plunge um mm. yeah and ultimately it was you know um uh, i think he's telling you about it previously or even in a car the other day i was telling you about the uh, the footy injury and you know how it led me down a couple of different paths and fly fishing was one of them mm. um and uh yeah I, yeah but uh, you know that all those exposures individually or cumulatively end up playing a big part in um in you know in our own sort of journeys and you know i i sort of i guess the point you're trying to make is you know even though it's individual how what actually tips someone into into getting into the sport um perhaps you know, broadening their their um, their understanding of what's going on in the target species, and that you know is uh, is probably plays a part at some level. Yeah. Well, well look, we're we're working outside the parameters we set for ourselves with this chat a little bit, I suppose. In that, you know, within the last fifteen years, I suppose, and and it, this came about because of that social media. But let's say now, yeah. you were that you were that young front rower who um, blew out his knee from from. Um, you know, from a from an after match party. You know, unfortunately, got up on a stripper table. You know, put put the stripper's g string on and just, you know, <laughs> mistakenly <laughs> fell off because you put the high heels on as well. well whatever the reason, you know. Yeah. But arguably, yeah. that's incredibly accurate at the same time. I know. But um, um, let's say that you you know you were that young footballer and you know you were laid up in bed and and you were you started to develop this interest in what's going on with fly fishing. Right now, if you had social media, you could curate a whole account. And watch thousands and thousands of people around the world do nothing but fly fish, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's got its own set of pitfalls as well. 
you know. And if there wasn't, there wasn't uh, people out there, you know, preaching follow the beef, you know, there'd be a minefield of, of which way to turn and who to listen to for sure. But at the same time, you could see uh, like an, an immeasurable difference in results compared to what you would have back then in the late nineties, right? Yeah. <coughs> Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was way easier to hide back then too, you know, due to due to controlling just the limited channels of, of communication too. You know, they're heavily I, added. I've, you know, I've, of course, and I think it was unrealistic. But that, and that's the other thing, I suppose, to get back to the more recent innovations, like um, you know, like it's 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 candid. You know, like it's um, um, you can't you can't. I mean, you can doctor and you can hide. And you can be good at Photoshop and all that sort of stuff, but. You know, someone like Cranky, for example, it's it's he's, he's undeniable. He's a great he's a great fisherman, great dude. Uh, I need to mention someone that we just spoke of a few moments ago, and that translates. Never met him face to face. That translates through through his social media. You know, it's he'd be he'd be a, he'd be a beefy dude to follow, right? As an example, <laughs> he he is <laughs> he is a four and twenty hundred <laughs> percent. He's a big slow cooked Angus, mate. He's he is, mate. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so I, I would, I would, um, I would nominate that for one of um, at love it or hate it. It's definitely, it's definitely been uh, a great innovation for for fly fishing, although it wasn't, de- you know, designed for fly fishing. So it's a little bit of a grey area. Exactly. What was that? Just what is your nomination? In two words or three words? Social, Social media. media. Social media. All right. Cool. Oh well, that's uh, that is a very noble and and well uh, well argued case put forward there, man. Um, yeah. You want to hear what Ma- mine? Is? Yeah, mate. So what what what's the subject? What what under what pillar are we uh, are we conducting our nomination under? This this is I'd say my rebuttal because it sounds like an argument. It's not. Um, it's actually a very supportive one. My my biggest in- innovation or most positive innovation in fly fishing tackle in the last fifteen years. Um, is actually not technically tackle. It is, um, and I feel like I'm coming in cold here. Well, you know, it's, it, it's the mobile phone with a camera in it. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the reason for that, all right, hear me out here. The reason for that is nothing has given us as much access to information and sharing information, not just getting it, but sharing it, disseminating it, um, and spreading it. Uh, you know, and it could be, you know, this fly, how to tie it. We're doing videos on on casting. We're doing videos on tying flies. We're doing we're doing photos of fish. Um, they're a lot easier. In the past, you had to pull out your your SLR out of you know out of your camera case. Now you just pull your phone out of your pocket. It's water resistant. You can take that photo. It's super easy. It's super quick to share. You know, in the past, you had your, your SLR. You'd take a photo and to go home, you had to. You know, download the photos onto your card, then into your, you know, from your card on your computer, and then you know, email them to your mates or whatever. It's nothing these days is is easier. Like it, it's it's so it's never been easier to to um, to share information, to access information. You know, like fishing spots, social media, tides, whatever. It's almost become second nature for someone. But if you said that 15 years ago, hey, guess what? Your phone's going to have a camera in it. Um, you'd be able to see the tides. You could let all your mates know, even your enemies. Uh, know what what? Cameras, phones had cameras 15 years ago. Are you sure? I'm positive, mate. All right. I had, so, a, I had a Nokia 5150 in the 90s that had a camera on it. 5150 in the 90s? Come on, dude. Yeah. 
when when I started my current job it was two thousand and three, and we didn't have cameras then, man. Hmm. No, that's probably. No, you, I think you're right. Sorry. No, that's all right. Fifty-one. Yeah, I apologize. Googling it, man. Images, Nokia. Oh, look, there's a house brick. Um, let's try. I must type something in wrong. Um, Nokia. Anyway, um, oh, look at that thing, man. That's got a camera. <laughs> I don't know what the fifty-one fifty is, man. I know it's a PV amp. Uh, does that help? <laughs> one stubborn man is still using his Nokia after seventeen years. That must be you, man. Look at that popular mechanic. Oh no, you know who that is, mate. That's um, that's a that's a certain real estate agent in Blah Blah. I know. That, um, <laughs> he still uses a flip phone. <laughs> <laughs> probably still watching CSI Miami and modeling himself off Horatio <laughs> Horatio yeah anyway so um yeah the, the mobile phone man like uh anyway hey, I just googled when cameras came out on phones dude yeah when was it 2002 oh there you go the Nokia it wasn't Nokia Nokia 7650 not 5150 yeah, you must be an early adopter then, mate. If you had it in a, in a oh, I had it in the nineties, mate. It was um, it didn't it didn't actually come with a phone. It was like you had a you had a digital camera and a roll of gaff tape. It was a concept. Yeah. Didn't take off. Couldn't yeah. sell to anyone. <laughs> well, I tell you what. In that time, uh, memories become cheaper. Um, you know, obviously, data has become a fuckload cheaper. Um, yeah. So, you know, with all of this, it's um, it certainly assisted um, ability to, to, you know, spread the word, so to speak. Um, I think, I can't think of something that's, that's you know, that's been really influential in, in so I, many. I've got a question for you in regards to this, right? Yeah, okay. Right. Well, there's two questions. First of all, you mentioned earlier that these cameras are, are water resistant, but sometimes some of your photos look like they've been dropped in the water, right? Yeah. Are you stealing punchlines there, man? So yeah. I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you just run with that. But I'll just remind people. Yeah, you, you did. You did. Uh, you did. You know. I must That's have right, holes. Oh. Yeah, must, must have had holes in my pocket that day. Dropping punchlines, you did pick up. Yeah, keep, cool. Set yeah, my my second part of the question is, when you take <laughs> these photos on this phone, where yeah. are you sharing this information? Uh, well, uh, me. Personally, or just in general? No, just I mean, like I mean, as as in a greater fly fishing innovation, I guess the greater population, uh, you know, having all all the you know, all of them having cameras on their phones, and being such a great tool for um, collecting information, as you mentioned. Yeah. What do we do with this information? Do we keep it to ourselves? Well, we, yeah, we actually use our phone to share the information. Like right well, now, where would we share it? On the internet. On the internet, and what what yeah. sort of platform would one look for on the internet? Like, do you just Look for a, a website to put them up on, or something. Well, I, I guess you're trying to bring us back around to your point, social media. <laughs> I wonder. I was just gonna. I was just gonna call um, pillar foul a little bit there, you know, perhaps. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, Vols. I feel like I really feel like I bullied you and took your wind out of your sails there, and I didn't mean to. Um, I just I, want you to admit you're wrong, you know. Uh, well, what is? It's a chicken or egg scenario, mate. Like the internet doesn't exist without data to share. So you know, if you don't have anything to to share, well, it's pointless creating it. Yeah, but cameras came out in two thousand two, which is actually twenty years ago, right? And we did set the perimeters at fifteen years. But let's see, when did social media come out? 
Yeah, when did it? Let's say Instagram. When? How no, old is... No, no, no. you got to go before Instagram. Instagram's one of the later ones, man. How old is... Well, we can't talk about forums. I guess that is a form of social media, right? Completely it is. Absolutely it is. Yeah, well, then that's older than um, 15 years then, isn't it? Yeah, it's all right, man. I'll let you have it. It's cool. Uh, social media started MySpace in 2004. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but it was before that. So it's a pretty loose term, man. It, what we're saying is social media replaced, in a lot of ways, replaced, you know, in-person meetings, pubs, you know, that sort of thing. Meet and greets. Yeah, meet and greets. It ruined clubs. Yeah. yeah you know, there's no point in going to a club anymore unless you're just trying to get away from the missus. <laughs> yeah, there's some tangibles, you know, if, if there's some value in being there, like they've got a, a good social aspect. On or, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's got to be some reason to go, but mm. yeah. Um, it's got to be some reason to go. <laughs> <laughs> that very dismissive and shit on me, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, read it after what you will, folks. Let's move on, shall we? Uh, well, look, you know, there's people no. sitting around talking about fly fishing. That's exactly what I'm doing now, you know. I've, I've, I've shut we the do. door in the study. My wife's putting the kids to bed, and here's me talking talking fishing with a bud, you know. <laughs> Uh, it's can't very talk. cool, man. Got a podcast. Yeah, yeah can't talk podcasting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, go away. Yeah. They've come in. Good night. The kids. She's come in, laughed a little bit. She did the salt shaker sign when you were talking, but she's moved on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it'd be interesting to see if she does that in person. Oh, I'm sure it does. But yeah, yeah. Sort of very brave things. I think that's what she thinks that act looks like. You know. So all right. Oh yeah. <laughs> the empty sauce bottle you know she's just smashing the end like to get the last drop out. Anyway. Uh, this sounds this sounds a bit too personal for me uh, i'm gonna on. move on to one of the uh, other pillars you just had your turn i'm gonna as wasted as it might have been i'm gonna move on to another one <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah right <laughs> i had plenty of time to think about my next one while i was listening to you there um repeat things but that's cool um <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this one into the to the fishing pillar as well, um, but I don't know if it falls under fishing or or um or tackle I suppose, but sun protection, shirts yeah. in particular, you know, pants haven't really changed much. Like uh, sun pants, they're light, they're thin, they 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 um you know you put one leg on at a time like everyone else, and um they do what they do, but shirts have changed, right? Like from back in the day of wearing um, vented Columbia shirts that, um, I mean, they, they worked really well, but um, to what we see now with uh, technical shirts with hoodies and stuff, you know, th that evolution path, I think that's that's within the 15 years for sure, I reckon. Absolutely, mate. It's, it's been, uh, you know, f fishing fashion, functional, you know, fishing functional fashion, definitely. Well, I don't, I don't mean about the fashion aspect of it at all. I couldn't give a shit if it looked, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't care if it had a picture of you on the front. If it doesn't, if it means I don't get rust. I, I, don't, I don't care. I'm so, so. I, uh, I, huh? think, I think everyone's, you know, accepted that you don't care about looks. But let's keep no, going. thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I would even have a picture of Jeff, 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 Rat, Josh Radloff. <laughs> I, I, I'm really reluctant to say his name. You know, he knows why. But um, <laughs> like maybe like a, a sublimated shirt of that fly that Pip tied off Josh's head. 
maybe maybe on the on the just on the breast there like a like a little breast pocket with that little pitch there and terry's fishing club or something written under it i don't know um anyway i was gonna move on to that shirt because like you know uh you know, with, with getting out in the, like, like, as a kid, you know, you grew up wearing t-shirts, fishing, you come back, you know, burnt arms and lots of stuff, burnt neck, and it was just par for the course, just, it is what it is, it was, you know, rock up to school, and, you know, you've got blisters and burns all over you and stuff, and as you spend more and more time in the water, you know, like, you you know, you see, you see your peers, um, you know, wearing, wearing Columbia shirts, you develop an interest in those, and, you know, you start to realize that covering up is actually cooler than 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 um exposing skin particularly in the sun and and being able to back it up the next day like if you're fishing multiple days in a row yeah protecting yourself from the sun and enduring what heat might come from it is is definitely a a more sustainable way to fish for sure um you know those shirts were quite technical being the cotton and, and they they'd wick all that sweat and stuff but you have to kind of sweat a bit to cool down from them you know um Plus, you know, like even when you wore a buff or something like that, which is another innovation that probably could count in that as well, there's still gaps, you know? You get the gaps that come in from the side, from from, from your hat or, or over, under your collar or whatever. There's still gaps. And if you were, um, if you if you like pizza or burgers, then sometimes your buff would just ride up and it'd look like a, a neck choker on some people, you know? Not really doing anything. Ironically, I, th- I thought it was really funny when you'd start doing the buffs came out and you'd see chicks in bikinis just wearing a buff, you know? <laughs> Yeah. you're doing good love yeah, yeah good start uh, yeah but then you know like um you know the hoodies came around and i kind of went kicking and screaming into that a little bit you know i i probably wore vented shirts uh, a little bit longer than than most you know just sort of sticking with sticking with what was working i guess you know um you know and and like i'll be free enough to mention brands here that then you know i got introduced to the to the sims shirts and they were really comfortable you know like and i, I really liked them I still got burnt a little bit through some of those, but you just have to pick and choose, you know. Um, but um, but then, you know, to give, I, I don't want to sound like we're just doing an ad here or something like that. But I mean, again, like I said earlier, you know, if you're going to hear if you're going to hear what I say as 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 um, as as double edged, well, I'm not going to change your opinion. But the fact of the matter is, you know, Al's involved with this show um, because we believe in the product, but. We believe in the product because, well, I believe in the product. I, don't, I can't speak on behalf of you, Volts, but I believe in the product because I wear it. I'm a redhead, and I go and I go out and sun off fish all day. I, I work out in the sun, all that sort of stuff, you know. And, I, and if I wear Al's shirts, they're wicking. They're bitten. They're like no other brand of shirt I've ever worn, ever. You know, they're really good. And 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 I tell you, like, as I get older, I kind of wish I had that sort of coverage uh, when I was younger. That's for sure. You know. Sure. Um, Yep. You know, like the the way the, the way the like I mean, you know, even to take Al's brand out of the equation, you know, like the way hoods come right around your heart and just you can stay completely out of the sun if you if you wanted to. You could yeah. you could now you could avoid using sunscreen altogether. Yeah, yeah, you fish better too because you're um, you know, you're not you're not overheating, you're not distracted like I'm, you know, a long day on the flats if you're side fishing, you know, you got to have your concentration levels up. Um, mm. You know, if, if you're it's in the back of your mind, oh, I've got to put sun cream on, you know, I'll do that in five minutes' time or, you know, I just don't, it's feeling good now. I don't want to get distracted, you know, but in the back of your mind, you think I really should stop. Just a little oh, shit like that's that. That's me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, you know, you you can't, you owe it to yourself to be 100% mind on the game when you're on, you know, when you're up in that casting deck, you want to, you want to free yourself of all these, you know, distractions and doubts. Doubts. Things like that, and I know you've been calling him Al, but um, people are going scratching their head if they come in late. Get a fly. Oh uh, yeah, 
at Ketterfly. Check it out. Uh, I agree with you, Chris. There, um, uh, I personally, you know, early on when those shirts came first came out, not ours, the the hooded ones. One of my mates goes, "Oh, look at you! You look you look like a big foreskin." And I was like, "Oh God!" He punished. <laughs> so I, I sort of did. I didn't wear them for a long. You know, I thought, "Oh, that one's back." I'll, I'll go back to these sort of. You know, I like those uh, Columbia Tamiamis. I saw like the next generation on from the cotton. Um, you know, but then uh, yeah, the right now I don't like you. I've sort of when I say given up, but you know, I certainly prioritise sun safety and comfort over um, aesthetics. And and to be honest, the L ones you know look as good as any of those on the market right now. You don't look like a big pelican shit or on your or you know like a Libra fur packet or something like yeah. something. You know, they're 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 as good as any, and now has got a range of designs that sort of speak to, to you know, local experiences and target species. Um, and on top of that, he's a good guy. I'm, I'm uh, proud of our association with him. It's good. Yeah. Well, it might come down to like I mean, we talk about on the show about, uh, you know, as an example, buying flies for some of someone who fishes in those areas. The same with the shirts. You know, like Al's Al lives in Cairns. You know, like the um. The, the sun up there is gnarly. And many, many, many north, uh, people in northern parts of Australia will let you know that. And if there's one thing that um, us redheads can contribute to society, if it's not aesthetics, is a good canary in the cage for sun protection, you know? Particularly uh, a snow Mexican like uh, Al, you know, like he's... Uh... <laughs> That's, well, Al, Al is originally Canadian, but he's an Australian citizen at the same time. Yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he... He sort of, you know, grown up and evolved in, in you know, an area that's well suited to being fair. Um, so, you know, Cairns is, is uh, you know, I know he's naturalised there for a long, long time. But, you know, like it, you see a lot of a lot of people, uh, you know, of, of that heritage is just too much for them. You know, they need the, the southern winter and that. So, you know, how, um, you know, but uh, his skin, uh, yeah, good shirts. Fucking get them. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and you know, then to my point, uh, you know, yeah. it's a uh, like that comedian. On have you seen that comedian on on Instagram? Who just he's he's um his niche is just waffling on like that and being incoherent. Oh, there's plenty Rodney of something. His name is oh Rodney, is it? Yeah. Anyway, no, that's not important. We're not a when it's not our podcast is about. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I would I would nominate that. What I don't know what pillar that would come under vaults. What do you reckon, mate? Is that be part of fishing? Player yeah. comfort, player comfort, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, man. But um, what do you what do you got next, mate? We got we got you know remembering the pillars of fly tying, fly fishing. What was uh, the other one? Social media. Boating. No, no boating. boating. Was there yeah. five pillars? We got another pillar. No, tell us, you, mate. You, I I know you you might have if. We might have mentioned it telepathically, but yeah, there was um, <laughs> boating is something we should definitely talk about. Um, I think might, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the last fifteen years, um, I think with boating, I'd go with uh, with side imaging sounder. Um, yeah, I think that's um, that's been a, a you know a very good um, step forward over the traditional cone style. Um, sounding and the ability to find fish in certain situations, locate exactly where they are, even to which side of the boat, which way they're pointing, um, you know, sometimes even their activity levels and that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, more recently, there's sort of live products, you know, that... that live show. scope. Yeah, yeah. And I think in, in 
15 years time people will be talking about the live products more than the, the side imaging and the, the downscan i never really got like a lot of people got into downscans oh, that's fucking great i don't think it really translated into fly fishing success because those fish are directly under the transducer it's really hard to present a fly to a fish right under the transducer and you know you got you got a you know a ton of boat floating a few meters above you with with two idiots on board sinking flies down those fish are generally shut down you know from i, just, from I disagree with that yeah you've, you've presented straight down you know to no. pick up pick up feeding fish underneath no of course not but it's um but you know i don't think i don't like down down image either but i i'm a i'm still a big proponent of the traditional cone um you know just having used them from a very long time i suppose um uh, i think you know finding fish on the traditional cone and and being able to identify the size of them through the through the return is still a pretty useful tool i, oh, I agree with definitely. you with the with the side image as well um but there's plenty of times that uh you know you can use that that traditional cone as in addition to side image to find say the edge of the school or even even the edge of the structure to be fine because you, you got a um you got a different cone like the side imager is a is a razor thin blade right as you know and it's um whereas the whereas the cone on certain frequencies like you know like an 800 hertz frequency or something like that is is a much wider cone in shallow water which we're we're going to be fishing the majority of as opposed to something like uh, you know 200 hertz which will be like the size of a soccer ball in 20 feet of water you know um, which is doing nothing, but um, so I guess it's you know it, yeah I, I I understand what you're saying. I, I'm not I use Dane imaging more as a, a lie detector. You know if I if I think that I, I can't interpret the traditional cone, I'll put the down image on and it will usually sort the chatter out in that respect. But um, yeah, I hear what you're saying with side image and and, and live image. Um, I think live image has still got a long way to go personally. I think I think the one thing you missed, which I think is probably more effective than than live image, is um, is three sixty. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Three sixty, I think, is would be the pick for fly fishermen. I think that three sixty being able to, to to see the direction a fish is moving uh, through a three through a through a uh, you know a a, um, a radius a defined radius mm. is is a big deal. You know, like I mean, with live image, you still got to be able to, still got to point the image at the fish, and they've got to be within that spread. You know, whatever, however wide that might be, um, but you can't see if fish are going to move into that area from behind you. You know, ideally, if you had, if you know, if you're a Rockefeller, you know, you could have, if you had the 360 um, in addition to the live image, and you could see which direction fish were coming from, or if they were just transient, like in the situation situation of some impoundment fish like Barra. Um, yeah, I think that'd be I think that'd be a big deal. That's for sure. Particularly if you're sitting in like a situation where you're sitting over the edge of deep water, and yeah, had a flat to one side, and you could set that 360, and you could see fish that might like like permanent or something might come out of deep water and and work a beat on the shallow, shallow edge of a of a sandbank and then come off. You could see when they're about yeah. to come up. You know. Sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. You'd, you'd learn so much faster and you'd learn so much more it'd be you know like take years of, of observation in that one spot you know to learn and and you know when we say observation that that would only be under ideal circumstances visibility and that sort of thing whereas these can tell tell you what's going on night and day you know cloudy sunny whatever um just incredible the you know the access to to information and, and speed of learning amazing yeah no absolutely I think um, I tend to. I wonder, you know, I, I got I got onto the side image pretty early. I I, I believe I had a I had an eleven eleven nine seven hummingbird, yeah, uh, when it came out. 
and I was skeptical when I first saw that. And I, I remember um, going up to a Wonga and who and seeing Trevor, who's, who's been a guest on the show, sadly no longer with us as well, show me. Um, I think I had a. I think I think I was on a boat that had like an eight nine seven, like the eight inch size screen. And then Trev uh, showed me the twelve inch. Huh? Seven nine. It went seven nine seven nine, seven nine nine seven. So you seven to nine inch, and then up to eleven. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was a, it was a small. It was the first, yeah. the first, the first of the signage. So it was we're coming out of the Matrix series of Hummingbird into the um into those into those you know that yeah. that that series you saw the nine sevens and stuff. And um. Yeah, that's what I had. A seven seven nine nine. I think we had a G. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds. Yeah, the correct. combo. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Then I saw we were in the we were in the car park at Tannum Sands at the KFC there, and Trev recorded some footage of, of what you can see with the bigger screen, and uh, that was my next purchase for sure. I got I got that, and but I, I, and I wonder, it took me a while to get used to side imaging because of all the years of using a traditional cone, but um, you know back then they were a little bit hard to interpret for fish like Barrow when they were a bit bigger. Definitely you could see them what's going on there for sure. Nowadays I got a Solix twelve on mine, the Gen two, which is old technology now, and um, I mean, the image is really, really good. But I, now that I know that there's things like 360 out there in live scope, I find that razor-thin blade quite limiting. I know it's like mm. a boil. Like, it's where, where they pass through it, that's where fish were. Yep. Right? The yep. better the image, the, um, the like, um, I know the fish has been moving through it. It's not sitting still. Right? Yep. Because it's razor-thin, if that fish parked halfway in its beam, it'd just be one big thick line exactly. passing through that refresh rate, you know? If it, it's not moving relative to the boat... You know, yeah, um, and you know, so either the fish has got to be at a constant speed, and you got to be stationary or something. You know, like well, the fish has got to pass through the beam at the same rate as the scroll of the screen. You know, to be a, a, a good image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is obviously affected by the by the speed of the boat as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you can uh, you can certainly manipulate the the fish shape. Uh, you know, through playing with those things, you could have a short fat barrel. You know, or, or, or a long. I believe they're called chode barrows, right? Chode barrow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you fish don't show up in it well for whatever reason. Um. Yeah. Saratoga don't. I've. Ne I've. I, look, man. I've spent, as you know, and listeners may know, you know, just like you, I've spent a lot of time around Saratoga, and um, I've had that. I've had that. I don't believe that they spook from the sounder, but they do not. I. I. I think I've seen of all the years I've been spent around Toga uh, with a side imager. I think I've, I've confidently def, um, recognized maybe one or two on there. Okay. And, and I'm, I'm only interpreting it. There's nothing that's gone, oh, that's 100% a toga. The same way you would see like queenfish or something like that. They show up on it like incredibly well. Barra show up incredibly well. Sharks show up really well as well. Oh, they but, do. Um, I love yeah. the oh, picks too. You know, they're unmistakable. Someone's sort of like going in a tropical creek and, oh, look at that, the crop down the bottom there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, but toga, yeah, for some reason, man, those things just – I don't know why they just don't show up. Yeah. Eh? I found the same thing too. I, I like, I've got to admit, you know, when I'm when I'm up at, you know, say Barumba or whatever, I'm I'm doing my best to sight fish and not really using, you know, that for that reason. But I'm yet to see, you know, um, yeah. And I'm just sort of sort of wondering, you know, like, uh, you know, ones up near the surface aren't really gonna, you know, the ones that you can see aren't really gonna show up because of the beam angle. <laughs> well. You know? I, I think yeah. it's a big assumption to think that they're up near the surface as well because, like, yeah. I mean, I, I've caught those fish at, you know, 15, 15 feet deep before, you know, on, on purpose, you know. Yeah, no, that's and, right, yeah. And I've never seen them, never seen them on the sand leading up to it. 
it's more like I mean I don't want to make it a toga episode, but you know you use that sounder to um to to recognise ground that you 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 through observation have learnt the toga hunt, you know more than anything else. Yeah, sure. Anyway, but uh, yeah, so yeah, look, um, I don't think I can't think of another fish that doesn't show up very well on it, mate. To be honest with you, every tuna. other fish. Yeah, tuna show up, but they move so fast that they don't they don't show a good image like that, you know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll come up as uh, I mean, you you in in situations where you fish for tuna, you're generally in like you know thirty to forty feet of water or more or less or whatever, but it's big open expanse, and the screen is completely blank until they move through it. And there's no mistake in that a school of fish have passed through it because you can generally see them on the surface or near near in the area anyway. Yeah, but they don't they don't come up as like a perfect shape of a tuna ever. No, no, that's for sure. No, they're just a dot because they move so fast. Brim are hard to find on cell images. Actually, brim are brim are, I know you're probably rolling your eyes right now, and um, <laughs> Is it yeah. yeah, but brim brim are pretty um hard to interpret on the sound unless you you know what they are. See, the, the thing with sounders is that I, I reckon is there's not they still haven't invented the technology that says that you can turn your sounder on the boat ramp and it'll autopilot to you where the fish are on the day. You're still gonna find the fish, mm-hmm. right? You're still gonna be smart. You're still gonna be a smart enough fisherman. People used to say, you know, when 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 side images come out, ah, oh, you, you're cheating. You know, people say with live image, I believe that down south with the cod guys, that um, that there's a there's a camp that have got them because they're expensive and it's obviously not going to be for everyone um, that 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 like them. And then there's the people that don't have them that claim it's cheating. You know, I know people that work in I'm not going to name the names, but I know people that work in fishing stores down there, conventional fishing that sell that sell these units like they're going out of style. And there's people that hate them. There's people that love them for that reason. But I, I really believe that it's not like you can drive around those lakes at full knots looking for fish and and find them. You've got to go to an area and work it methodically and slowly with your electronics. Not you know, not, you know, like not with your gear. You got to you got to commit to that to find the fish first. You know, even then you might find a fish and it might spook and it, you know, it might you know it might. It might go to an area that's uncharacteristic to your ability. You still got to find it. You know what I mean? So, so in that circumstance, brim brim are pretty hard to find because they're so small. Um, they move. They 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 tend tend to move around a little a lot, and they're just they're hard to um they're hard to interpret, particularly if you're going to dredge them up. That's for sure. Yeah. Right. All right. Yeah. It's it, they look like rocks on the on the sander, in my opinion, because they sit right on the bottom, and they they just they just they they never show up as a shape of a fish. Yeah. Right. Mm. Yeah, that's just try sometime. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sounds good, man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, sound, uh, sound imaging. Uh, sorry, side imaging sounders is um, uh, my big, uh, my fifteen-year innovation for boating, mate. What do you got for boating? Whoa, I didn't really give it that much thought. Um, yeah, you know, the, the innovations in boating have come around a lot, lot longer, a lot longer than 15 years, in my opinion. Electronics is probably, you're right, like the electric motors, they probably got a lot better as well. Um, yep. Yeah, I mean, boat quality build. Uh, again, access to information for renovating your own boats as well. That's all That's all pretty good. And, um, I mean, that's already part of the social media pillar, I suppose. Um, yeah, look, I, I, I don't think there's, there's too much innovation there'd be improvement innovation and improvement for sure but i can't think there's it's not like the electric motors just come out of nowhere in the last 15 years you know correct or, or a sounder i mean like a, a side images is is very innovative um 
I mean, there's some innovative features in, in electric motors, I suppose, like following contours and GPS marks and spot locks and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's it's been done. Can't think of anything, mate. I really can't. Sure. Can you, can you think of anything else? Uh, no charges. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Look, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of ones that I I think are great, but uh, aren't necessarily revolutionary. You know, like you know, most recently lithium batteries. Um, you know, yeah, sure, there's a lot of advantages. They're, they're fucking expensive, um, but they're so much lighter. Um, you know, so yeah, I don't know if that's been a actually an innovation or it's just done some an existing job better. Yeah. So you know, like from that point of view. Um, you know, isn't it an innovation? Technically speaking, no. Was it change the way we fish? Probably not. But it will. Um, you know, we will <coughs> easier because of it. Um, mm. You know, like I'm, I'm looking at um, ditching two of my crank batteries. I had a house battery and a, a crank battery um, just for for one lithium, and I'll probably, although it cost me a, a, a you know a fair bit. Um, you know, certainly more than twice the cost of those two existing batteries. But, um, you know, I'm going to save, oh, God, mate, maybe 50 kilos, you know, at the trans, because my batteries are up the back and transom, you know, like that could be, could be, a, you know, a performance boost, bit of whole shot, um, you know, that, that, that sort of angle. Um, yeah. Fuel saving. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. I, yeah. Well, I mean, you can extend that to composite materials and stuff, but I mean, yeah. yeah, that's all been in other industries like ski boats and, and yachts and things like that, you know, um, carbon fiber and things like that, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know, mate. I think I think it's um, be pretty hard to innovate in boats now, it's even with hull design, Yeah, all that sort of stuff. You know, it's always improving, tweaking, changing, but there's nothing that's way out innov- innovative that I know of anyway. Yeah. Someone is probably throwing something at their, um, at their speakers right now, but I can't <laughs> think of what it would be. Smashing their wireless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'll, I'll I'll put one out in um in in fly tying. Uh, uh, again, I mean, geez, we're really, I was starting to narrow down. Is it is it is it a strong innovation? I suppose, but um, yeah, I, I would say that um, you know, again, we've had we've had this guy on the show as well, um, yeah. Mo from Arex. I think Arex hooks have really um really yeah. done a great job in 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 innovating, but they've done it. Having the power of hindsight, being one of the, the last hook companies to, to come to the table, you know. Sure, yeah. Um, you know, um, uh, I'm wondering how I can word this without sounding like a dick. But to block to, to, to people already hear me like that, I already am, so I can't really change your opinion. But um, can I throw you a bone here? What? Yep. Well, I, I I see it as you know, innovation can be building a better mousetrap, or it can be um, you know building a mousetrap better. So let, let's broaden the horizon there and apply that to, to A-Rex. Go. Yeah, right. Well, um, I mean, I, I had a lot of – I was fortunate enough to have the insight into the development of their, their saltwater range, for example, right? And I, one of the things I found impressive with, with that, which we spoke about on the show with Mo as well, was that it took – when I first heard about it uh, with a group of other people around the world, it was two years before we were allowed to even say anything about it. We got – you know, we get sent samples with strict notes on them, like, don't show this to anyone – all that sort of stuff, you know. They wanted to, they wanted to develop it without beating their chest around, and it was very important to them to get feedback on on what what we did like and didn't like in regards to what was already out there, you know. 
And uh, without without sharing thoughts on 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 one of the, some of the flaws of the existing brands before that that thing came along, I really feel like they hit the nail on the head with with improving what was what was already out there. I really really do. They've what been sort around lot. Sorry, what sort of improvements? If I can add to the conversation, the, the coding, the coding is a good yeah. one. The 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 composition, like yeah, like I mean, like a lot of the solid hooks we used previous to that were were, were um um unsharpenable like you you put a stone on and they they're, they're fucked you know yeah. whereas um you know like that was one of the things that was brought up and 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 arex designed their hook and made their hook to that you can you can touch it back up if it, if it, the point dulls now if you're going to tie a fly like a game changer that takes you you know in excess of an hour and you know you 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 bend that hook point like the turn the turn the hook point unfortunately for whatever reason in the first hour of fishing if you're going to use a hook that's tin coated for example i'm really trying not to mention brands um but you know like you you, you can't that 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 flies fucked throw it away you know right. yeah you know i think that's a really good one um like they're there and along the same lines of that again like if you're going to spend all that time on a on a fly uh some of the some of the materials you might build over a fly you can't wash the salt water though it might get to the to the shank and under the materials anyone who's anyone who's had them for any length of time is like me who's so shit at maintenance um has seen that they don't rust you know they they just don't rust then um which is why you shouldn't use them in freshwater people but um they um yeah the the durability of them is is incredible um the, some of the shapes and designs have all been based on on feedback um I, I can't really talk about those without comparing them to other brands and i don't want to do that uh because it's going to seem like i'm bashing other brands but you know arex arex are a company that's that's been they've come about in the last 15 years yeah um and that and and them as a company is a great innovation that we've got such a dedicated hook company that's willing to listen to fly anglers and design hooks purely for fly anglers and is not interested in branching out into other areas of fishing uh just to just to make just to make ends meet they're a small maneuverable company that's interested in improving the hooks for, for fly fishermen for fly tires only and i think that's a i think they've been very innovative and a very innovative brand that we're fortunate enough that to, to have really at the end of the day we would have been fine without them for sure but it's definitely um their approach is definitely innovative and creative enough and it's uh yeah. it's definitely improved on what's going on look i've my opinion on on hooks um you know as you know you've probably been frustrated with how slow i have been to move away from an old favorite i'm slowly getting there as you know i've been purchasing a lot through you um of arex uh been one thing i've i've very been very impressed with the durability like you said um the sharpenability um i'm big on philosophy as well and mm. you know i would have found it hard to get behind something that was uh solely a me too product you know and and that's a reflection of you know my own personal taste but also my professional background you know i sell products that what does that uh, mean was a me too what do you mean <laughs> Me too, is, you know, I don't want to use the word here, but, you know, it sort of feels like a copy, you know, um, you know, you guys have, have identified, a, you know, I'm speaking uh, rhetorically here, but, you yeah. know, like when a company comes along and goes, oh, look, you've made something fascinating, uh, you know, really compelling in a, in a segment, I'm going to copy it, or, you know, I'm going to oh, gotcha. yep. be cheaper. And this, this harks back to, you know, what <laughs> we spoke about with, um, with James Holt. Um, you know like it it costs a lot less to um to to follow than it does to lead that you know it costs less it takes less energy it's your your um 
you know, your research and your development is, is you know, pretty much non-existent, um, you know, and, and what you can end up doing is because you don't have those costs, you can come in cheaper or, or your only sustainable competitive advantage to use marketing speak is to come in cheaper, you know, if you, but to come in with a, you know, with a better finish, um, you know, more durable finish and more features and, and a wider well, you know, a wider range to suit popular fly styles because um, I was pretty myopic with, with where I was with fly hooks. You know, I only used a, a couple of patterns in different sizes because I had ultimate faith in, you know, mm. and they didn't let me down. So, it, you know, it's going to take a lot to, to change me over and, you know, I'm getting it. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, so. with, with anything new, there's, you know, there was um, uh, there's a lot of naysayers. <laughs> I can, I, I've heard one. And I'm not gonna, I wouldn't mention the name of the brands of hooks, and I wouldn't mention this person either. But I've heard one prominent uh, fly tire in Australia say that they fail to catch a fish. Full stop. But um, um, you know, I, I think it's really unfair. And I, 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 you know, like there's they've been around long enough. They've caught some incredible fish. You know, like um, yeah, I couldn't even begin to 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 explain or show examples of it. You know, but they've they've well and truly stood that test of. Of durability, that's for sure. Uh, as yeah. in, like, fish hooking ability, fish keeping on ability without failure. You know, sure, there's been um, there's been failures for sure. There's been fa- I could for every failure in Arex, man, I could tell you a hundred more in other brands for sure. You know that because they've been around longer. You know, yeah, but, and um, a lot of failures. You know, they're not necessarily related to the to the hook solely. They're related to you know, there's angle of failure and there's. You know, there's a failure in the in the relationship between angler and a hook. You know, some some hook designs are better suited to certain flies and striking techniques than others. And you know, if if the angler you know doesn't recognise and optimise what they're doing there, they're going to have problems. Um, mm. And that no one's ever going to go. You know what? It's my fault. I fucked up. They're going to go. Nah, those fucking hooks. You uh, know? Or, or people don't like hearing it either. You know, that's no, for sure. Their ego presents uh, prevents them from. From saying that, or look, even looking at it objectively, and that's cool. You know, yeah. I, I don't sell hooks. I don't give a fuck. But try out a Rex; you won't be disappointed. That's a good one, man. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't really want it to sound like an ad. You know, no, like I said at the beginning of the show, mate. If I, if you're gonna hear you're gonna hear an ad coming out of my mouth, I can't change your fucking mind. But you know, it's um, it's difficult, man. Like when you when you talk about innovations in fly tying products, when you're in a fly tying business. Uh, and particularly if you sell it, you know, like, I mean, I, if there was something good, I don't, I wouldn't let anything stand in my way to get it in my shop as it is anyway. So, yep. you know, take, take that how you will, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it's, um, it's good. I, I like them, man. I think they're good. Uh, and in saying that I've got, I've got three different brands of hooks in my shop as well. Just one, yep. AREX sells a lot better than both of them combined a million times over for a very good reason. Well, there you go, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Enough said. Hey, Enough yeah. said. I love that game. <laughs> uh, here's one for me. Um, uh, my 15 year number one innovation for fly tying. Um, personally, I'm going to stick my hand up sort of generically and point at the category of uh, UV resins. Oh, um, I'm out. People are going to hear nothing but an ad for me oh, for this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, the sort of fishing I do. Um, uh, when I when I'm fly tying, um, you know, so I'm doing a lot of candies, um, crab flies. Some of them quite, you know, say complicated, and that they've got a lot of um, they've got a lot of steps. Um, you know, you might 
the the strongest bond you can get is you know through sealing off either with super glue or or a resin um that point of view and obviously resin has a couple of advantages um you know in, in a in a aquatic environment um, and from impact resistance that sort of thing um so yeah you know it's sort of in effect um changed the way i tie some patterns changed the way i finish other patterns um you know and the fact that there's such a wide variety of um of them now and and you know particularly surf candies i can go through a lot of surf candies on a, on a day chasing tuna or mackerel in mm. particular um so you know um it's it's not so much the expense it's the time they take so previously i was using zepoxy or defcon i've, I've used yep. over the years and you know, we've joked in the past. We took a stroll down memory lane and spoke about how we used to, you know, mix it up on, on post-it notes with with toothpicks. And you know, you'd be careful not to get too many bubbles in there, but you wanted the full mix. And then, you know, you're worried about color leaching off the pad into the paper, into the resin, or, you know, even the the toothpick or or whatever. And we all had sort of like techniques that we thought got the best out of it. But you know, all that went out the window when we got UV. UV yeah. Because you could, you, oh. could zap, you could zap it straight up. Like, you know, the old old school, you'd have to mix it up, wait five minutes till it started to get tacky. And, you know, if, if whatever reason your life happened in between mixing it and that, applying it or, or getting it into its finishing position, you know, so inconvenient, man. Like, yeah, and, you know. And so, I was on that, just before you get the people listening, that five minutes didn't involve like, I might just go grab a coffee while that's setting. It meant you yeah. sitting there spinning your vice so it didn't drip off for that five minutes, right? Yeah. Yeah, it did. It, it, was, yeah. it was so frustrating. So, like, you know, if you took a bit of pride in tying your candies, you were, you know, at least double coating, maybe triple coating. So, you know, and, and you couldn't – it was so hard to get a good finish and, and process batches. So, you know, there was hard to get any leverage in it at all. It was just literally if you wanted six flies, you'd, you'd need to sit down and it'd take you forever. You know, just – and a lot of that was mixing and turning and, you know, like it not necessarily, you know, actually tying the pattern. The surf candy, you know, there's actually not that many ties in it. Yeah, but, and um, there was yeah. something I thought you were going to – the direction you were going to go when you said about um, – and all that didn't – you said – and then all that didn't matter when you're talking about getting the colour in it. So, because now we can hit it with UV, I thought you were going to say – something which was which was really devastating with those those candies back then was they were only worth one or two like sessions that. if you fished a weekend and you exposed that candy to the uv light the whole like once a whole saturday by the next saturday that thing was coca-cola color yeah yeah it was gross it was ruined yeah it was, it was disgusting it was heartbreaking because you you could you could tie a you know like a lifetime candy what i mean by that is you know like a you know a really shit hot one and you know you 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 could go out, whatever, and, you know, unless you kept it dark and cold and whatever, you know, it, it, it wouldn't stay pristine, you know? Um, yeah. And it, it sort of, um, right, I've got a, I've got a fly there tied by, um, by a big name fly tire, um, from the US and it was a, it was a sea habit style fly, right? And he tied it with normal epoxy and here we are, you know, It'd, it'd be a 20 year old fly and it's ruined because the, the head's yellow looks fucked. yeah yeah you know <laughs> that doesn't happen anymore um you know and, I, and when it first came out i remember the first brand i think to hit our shores was um uh wetter hook no uh, tough, uh fly. tough fly yeah tough fly yeah 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 so i tried that one I which tried, is the same thing as wetter hook yeah 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 it was pushed by bob pop um and you know there was um it's still around you can still buy it 
Yep. Yeah, right, right. Well, I won't. Um, anyways, uh, so I've tried, I've tried that one. I, I've pretty much tried them all. Um, there was one brand I just skipped because I, I never really needed it. Um, and I have to be honest, these days I'm more likely to, to buy than tie, um, you know, just because of the amount of spare time I have. Um, I still get a, a, a joy out of it. But, yeah, I um, well, tying crab flies, for example, um, you know, using the various um, – viscosities available you know you can you can cut down on the flying uh you know the time uh through and make a more durable fly uh with certainly yeah. <coughs> amazing what you can do it has genuinely changed the way i tie so yeah for me um innovation has been those um and i'm deliberately i was it's inevitable to talk about brands um i you know people at the, at the risk of sounding like an ad um you know, my mate <laughs> imports and sells a brand that, you know, I, I genuinely believe is the best. Um, and, you know, if, if you if you want to know more, hit me up. Um, but, yeah, we'll hit Chris up. There you go. Well, so. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you my history with, uh, with that innovation as well. And, like, it's, uh, and I'll lead into that and I'll say it. But, um, you know, I was like you, man. I, uh, I was fishing. I was using epoxy. For my own flies, I wasn't tying it commercially. I was just yeah. I was just getting them ready the night before to go tuna fishing, you know. Which is for people who people who, there's probably plenty of people that do know, but for the people that don't know, for where we live, tuna fishing, for our tuna on fly is such a developmental years as as fly ties and fly fishermen for where we live, you know. Yeah. For a lot of people, it might be trout in a stream. For us, it's tuna, you know, and that's just that's just the way it is. Um, so you know, like that was a pretty early part of the fly tying process for me. But like you. I saw Bob Pop come out. I remember reading it. I don't know where I read it, but I read an article about this acrylic product that he had um, that he tested out by putting some flies on the dash of his truck for two months, three months, and they were gin clear. I'm like, wow, this is that. That was something that appealed to me as very amazing because when I looked at that 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 kit form of the um, of the tough fly or the wetter fly product. It still looks confusing to me, even though I understand the makeup of, of um, UV UVQ resins a lot more now. Yeah, core material, core products, soft products, all this sort of stuff. You know, it's like and these weird syringes and strange lights and stuff. Um, it still looks confusing to me. It was, but it was very groundbreaking, and it was, it was, it was the only option you could have at the time. And I, I wonder that without Bob behind it, how popular it'd be. I mean, resin. Obviously, was was used in a few flies, but none so popular as, as surf candies or variations of. Right? Mm-hmm. I, there could be again. There could be someone throwing something at their speakers right now, listening to this. But again, you just heard what my um, deve- developmental years are. And to me, and when you are me, it, it is all about you. Yeah. <laughs> but um, and, but that's what it looks. Me if I'm wrong. Is that is that what it's like to use? Do you do you make that assumption? Like for as far as epoxy, epoxy and fly tying. Bob Popovics was was a, a dead set innovator in his oh, use totally. of that material. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, he, you know, like his his actual he designed flies that were were built around the use of epoxy, like the surf can, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. You know? So yeah. yeah. So so sorry. Uh, uh, sorry, mate. You're right. Yeah. So in uh, a way, like I wonder if if there weren't weren't those you know surf candies, for example, you know, if if the use of if there would have been a pressure to develop, you know, such. Of, you know, effective uh, resins, in, you know, moving well, forward. Yeah, I was going to go about it another way and say that I wonder if they would have taken off or been as accepted 
if, if Bob wasn't doing it. Because for me personally, I, 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 it's no secret to people to know that I'm a, I'm a massive fanboy of, of, um, of Bob Pop. You know, it's uh, a model. A lot of my flight time principles, uh, as his principles, as the foundation to all my flies. Yeah. And um, and even though I, I, I look, I very much look up to his methods. I still stuck with five minute epoxy because I found the product confusing. Um, I went from there to um, to buying those little tub, little tubes of UV la- uh, loon UV way to repair. Yes, and I and I used that for ages, you know. Um, mm. And I used to I used to get um, a sticky residue on those things, Blimey. but yep. but I didn't care because I I read that Bob Povic's talking about it with that tough life stuff, and he's talking about using alcohol wipes to wipe wipe the surface clean. Mm. Um, before I carry on this, how much how much do you know about um, uh, boat construction vaults? And, and working with resins, because it, it, it much at all, or probably a basic amount. Yeah, I hope. Okay, but not as much as you. But uh, yeah, I'm sure, you know everything. Oh well, I've, I mean, I've only I've only had to learn it because of you know because I had to. I guess it's um I don't have yeah. I, without having to had to do it, I wouldn't have developed an interest in it. And and it was I guess during the time I hadn't developed an interest in 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 using these resins or their makeup in them. Just I wanted them to work. I I believed. The people who made them, and I and I used the torches and all that sort of stuff that they said, and them being tacky was just part of the deal, right? Um, but yeah, I, I I was using that stuff for years and stuff like that. And I used Loon right up to the point where I got introduced to Solares, and then I got invited to be on the pro team for Solares, and I used Solares for for years, you know, um, a long time, and and it was a it was a big step up from at least that way to repair material, you know. Um, which I really didn't give much of a chance to any of the other range. I don't. I don't think Loon had much of a range outside of um, big bottles of thick and of thick and thin and the and the way to repair from memory. But the way to repair was flexible. That's why I used it. I always liked the flex. Yeah, always do. lent towards that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, the the reason I looked into it a bit more, I'll say, is because I, I kind of feel like I'm I'm doing a bit of a service for people here because I'll tell you something that happened to me, which is the reason why I left. Solares, um, it was a great gig. You know, it was it was free material for for a life for me. It was there was no reason to change. I was sitting on Easy Street, but I got real like I got really bad dermatitis on my hands from it, and I didn't know what it was because I've ne- my hands have gone through so much in a, in a previous life because I've I've got a, I'm a trade qualified solid plasterer. If you don't know what that is, a cement renderer. So I'd be coating walls in cement all day, every day, and I did that for you know. I, at that stage, over 20 years, and my, and I'd watch people around me get dermatitis from from uh, cementitious products, and I'd never got it. So my hands, I considered the skin to be very tough. But I had to go to the doctor one day, and this is uh, and yeah. and this is all factual and true, and 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 it absolutely happened to me. Um, and there's many of my friends that could probably um, confirm this as well. I'm sure if if you're listening to this gun, he's making this up to suit himself. But if, for those that are listening to this, I, I really I really want to give a warning to you about this sort of stuff you know um because it might not happen to you but it happened to me but yeah i had to put steroid cream on my hands just blew up with blisters and little bumps all over them and stuff and um and i come to realize that that was that type of resin didn't agree with my skin um and i learned that the reason those those resins went tacky and while talking about the um the boat building stuff aspect of it is because any of those ester resins when they're exposed to um atmosphere if you're building a boat the only way you can get that resin to, to be non-tack free is to is to add wax to it 
and the wax right through the chemical reaction rises to the surface and coats it and protects it from from an oxygen rich environment you can cover the resin with with glad wrap or, or some other sort of whatever you can do to it's impossible really hard to seal the glad wrap but technically you could use anything else but wax is the most commonly used product wax resin unwax unwax resin unwax resin is known as uh, laminating resin and um and that's why you can just do layer upon layer upon layer and you can it can cure you can come back within days later and do another layer and the and their bond is really good if it was waxed it wouldn't bond you'd have to rough it up and remove the um remove the wax um my point is that um you know like uh once i was once i was introduced to, to raids out there it wasn't happening it wasn't going tacky because it didn't need didn't need that that protection from the atmosphere to cure um so that's that's kind of my history with it and that's where it came up to um come up to where i am now which i know you were like reluctant to name but I'll, I'll name it and again if you're going to hear an ad from me i'm not going to be able to change your mind and um and i'm not trying to slander any other other product that's just what happened to me it may not happen to you but my point is and what i would really urge is um is from a safety point of view is to understand what the makeup is you know i i i i, I had to begin you know like um i'll I don't need to lecture on the exposure, people's exposure to chemicals and stuff like that, but um, just be mindful of it. So it's an interesting, um, it's interesting path to come from the five-minute epoxy, like you have, to through the evolution of the early re early UV resins to the more modern ones to to ending up where it is now. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a pretty interesting thing, and and I guess oils ain't oils when it comes to the UV resins, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's um, there's a lot more to it, so. If you don't if you don't want to do the research then then you know just take the follow the beef and take the uh take the advice from someone who has done the research um that not being me um, I, I was i was in a unique situation like when when i was using those resins i was full-time commercial fly tying and i had resin over my hands not understanding the ramifications of it so i probably put myself in a very very extreme scenario but but i'm 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 careful with what i'm saying or, or the same because it's I, I I can give you my opinion as a tr as a professional, and I can recount my experience um, that I could easily document, of course, uh, or has been documented. Blah blah blah. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to look out for people, I suppose. You know, the, buy my resin, don't buy my resin. I don't give a shit. Just 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 know what you know what you're putting on your skin. You know, if you're going to expose it to your skin or your lungs. You know, that's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. can't say it enough i couldn't think of anything worse than this to happen to to someone else you know like it was fucking scary for me i like like i said my hands have been through so much and to have this happen um i i, I didn't had no suspicions of, of of what it was until i went to a doctor and and we broke it down yeah you know so yeah there you go cool man sorry mate i don't know if I, hope, I hope i didn't make you feel uncomfortable there by by bleeding on there but yeah that's my yeah. experience with UV resins, and I, I agree it is a good innovation. <laughs> yeah, lost without it for sure. There's no way in the world I go back to five minute epoxy. No way in the world. I yeah. tell you what. I tell you what though. A, a little bit of a tangent from that, which I do have a bit of an interest in coming back to, is something that was again from Bob, Bob's, um, Bob's innovations is is thin thin resin, uh, thin silicon rather. Yeah, yes. things like pop yeah. lips and and silly clones and stuff like that. You know, yeah. um, there's some. I mean, oils ain't oils do that either. With the uh, I don't know about the health. I don't haven't used enough to have any any side effects, but um, uh, so I'm, uh, I've got no, no opinion in regards to that. But the the qualities and the the clarity and the workability of them, mm -hmm. um, there's some really good ones from overseas. We don't tend to get much good stuff in 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 Australia. I don't know why, but um, 
Yeah, there's a there's a fly tire in the UK. Darren, God, I can't remember his last name now. Jennings. No, <laughs> not Darren Jennings. Brack. Darren Brack. No, who's that? E- Evans. No, definitely not Darren Darren Evans. Um, yeah, I seen him laugh at one of my comments the other day, and it's definitely not Darren Evans. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Daz? <laughs> Hope you're having a great time, mate. Uh, <laughs> Darren Jackson. Darren Jackson. Yeah, well, there you go. Darren is another. Yeah, I just have to look him up on social media. Like, if you want to see a great page, he doesn't have many people following, but his silicon work is incredible. Is it? Um, yeah, he's got a, I can't remember the name of his brand of resin, um, sorry, silicon that he uses. He told me, but I just can't remember it off the top of my head right now. But um, yeah, very, very good work. And and that's sort of uh, a bit of a lost art, you know, like um, I used to tie pop lips for Barra all the time, but bastard of a fly to cast, you know, I'd probably tie them a bit different now, maybe a different material because he used to use Mara wool for the head. Yep, yep. That's another Bob thing too, using wool. You know, you don't see much, the Rams wool, you don't see that much anymore either. Yeah, I think probably better products available these days, eh? I think so. I think you could do pop lips out with, um, you know, with synthetic, probably a lot better now. They probably hold the resin, support the uh, resin, support the silicon better. Probably how to do the lips better as well. It's just, it's just Bob working with what he had at the time, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, there's something else that's improved a lot, but it's a very general comment: is the availability of alternate materials. You know. Yeah invariably you know they'll they'll um you know there's no perfect um no perfect uh material for every pattern so yeah yeah exactly there's a lot of a lot of i mean look at clouses you know like uh, in my opinion a clouser is, is bucktail and a bit of flash and that's it i but people time with synthetics they time with all sorts of stuff you know and um you know like it's a tying style rather than a a straight line methodology you know really sure is yeah yeah no. so uh you know like i mean game changers are another one like that i suppose look look how many ways you can tie a game changer seems to be all you need to do is tie it with shanks and wooshka you got a game changer these days <laughs> i happen to agree but i think this is a is a dark rabbit hole no no it's cool but <laughs> yeah. no, i'm not going to go down game changers i've already gone down that I've already darkened the mood with my experience with UV resins. Yeah, man. Fuck. Excuse Anyways. me. Yeah. Sorry, up. mate. I'm on an international podcast blowing my nose. Yeah, you sound like a horse winning me, you know? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you think I sound like a horse? Wait till I show you, show you this picture I'm sending through now. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a warm night tonight. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm checking out Darren Jackson, mate. This guy's a mullet master. Look at him go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but you can see silicon work. It's it's incredible, though. Yeah. I mean, sil- silicones have not gone away. Like, it's been fly tires have done them. I haven't seen too many people doing well for a while, but Darren Darren just does the great work, you know? Just it, like world class. Probably probably the best in the world at it, I reckon. Do you do, do any instructionals or what? Nah, nah, not that I know of. Yeah, right. Uh, he's selling flies. I can understand that, but yeah, it's. Um, I don't think he's selling flies. Yeah, right. Okay. He just ties them. He's. I think he's a hobby tire, and he displays his flies. He likes showing them off, and I think that's who he is. And he, he, you know, uses the flies that he fishes with. 
Uh, he fishes yep. for sea bass and pollock, I believe, and and obviously has mullet with um those scuds, those sea shrimp looking things or whatever they call them. Um, oh, yeah, right. I wonder yeah. if that'll work over here. We've got plenty of mullets, you know. I think so too. Yeah, I, I don't know. But do you remember? Did you do much work with silicon? Silicon? I did actually. I got onto it um uh, through Gordon Lowe. He um he goes, oh mate, you got to try this. He even mixed me up. Um, a uh, a little jar of, of thin silicon. It had a wicked smell. I can't remember what he was using as a thin. I know, I know what it is. I was wondering if you knew this actually, but yeah, because I've still got a tin of it here from yesteryear, like that. Does it's, it remind um, of toluene? Ah, uh, no, it's not toluene. <laughs> that, that's pretty toxic. That stuff, toluene. Yeah. Toluene was the solvent in soft dip. Um, I think I could be wrong. I got told that soft dip had masking agents in there galore. You know. It was right. such an such a innovative product, apparently, that people wanted to steal it and it had all these reverse engineering masks in it, you know, apparently. But I don't know how true that is. Things oh, yeah. you hear from fly shop owners when you're young. But I anyway... I could, um, could imagine now. I'll tell you one thing about soft dip. I used to, um, when I was in, in university, I, um, I had, you know, I'd have my fly tying in my bedroom and mm. um, and I left the lid of the, the soft dip slightly ajar, like... Um, it didn't quite properly seal because, you know, as you know, you'd, you'd end up with with a little crust around the around the, the thread, and it wouldn't, um, you know, over time you wouldn't get, um, you know, if you didn't consciously keep it clean or clean it up. And you know, I'd I'd do some study, and then at night I'd tie a few flies. But anyway, I left the um, the lid slightly ajar, and um, man, I had a bad fucking headache, eh? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, I learned them that pretty quick, and um, I won't have I won't have um, soft dip in the house now. So, uh, yeah. well, the the active ingredient that that I got shown to thin silicon was silicon fluid was Zippo lighter fluid. Oh, okay, right, eh? Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I I used to get a little jar and put a blob of silicon in there and just use my bodkin and thin it out so it was thin enough to be able to apply over you know whatever fly I was tying at the time. Yeah, fat, fat boys or silicones and things like that, or pop lips, um, destroyers. Uh, yeah. No, nah, <laughs> I, I never used them on destroyers. Didn't you? What'd you use? Why would you use on destroyer? Well, a destroyer was a silicone, uh, kind of like without the silicon, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kinda, pretty much. It was just a, a mara packed, stacked mara wool body. Really, that's all it was. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Is it coming back to you now? <laughs> no, no. People, like people don't really use them anymore. No, well, people, yeah, they don't. People have wised up. <laughs> they're, not, they're not very good. Want <laughs> <laughs> so, to toga right. destroy themselves, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. <laughs> Loud and clear, Jeff. Uh, yeah. So many in jokes. Yeah. 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 So much um, Control next Saturday, you know. What's yeah. that? Sorry. So much damage control next Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> the good thing is I don't get the, the opportunity to do that damage control. It all filters to you. Yeah, it does. I'm usually the one who's saying it. Yeah, yeah. Which frees up my sad days. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, all all good stuff like that. Uh, I can't think of any other sort of um. Big surprising innovations. I bet you we stop this show and I go, oh yeah, there's that. I suppose, you know, some of the, I guess some of the surprising things that come around in in fly design, I suppose, is just the old school coming back. 
really. Yeah. You know, like Owls with his flat wings. Um, Hollows have never really gone away. Um, you know, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, you know, stuff like that. Like Bucktail hasn't gone away, you know? Yep. It's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's still proving itself a very difficult uh, product to, um, to, to take out of the equation. Yeah. Yeah, look, your material selection and, you know, access to good materials is an art in itself, um, and it certainly got easier, uh, uh, you know, locally, that is. For whatever reason, we, we don't need to go down that ad or, or rabbit hole. At Listen, mate, I'll tell you something. No, I'm only kidding, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something, right? <laughs> yeah. Look, I, 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 overall, I think I think through these recent innovations that we've been talking about, fly fishing is in a is in a better place, and it's probably in a lot more solid place than it's ever been right now. And I think a lot of that's attributed to social media, really, as as ugly as it is, and and as as bad as it is, there is a lot of good sides to it as well. Yeah, sure is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's it's been a subject that we've been reluctant to to breach on the podcast in many shows but you know a lot of the guests that we have or or a lot of the interest that people have in our guests wouldn't be possible without it as well yeah yeah no one would probably know about this show if it wasn't for um social media podcasts probably wouldn't be around if it wasn't for social media either yeah you know if we're talking if we're serious about getting people connected it'd be so much more difficult without social media yeah yeah mobile phones well the old nokia 5150 would be um would be obsolete. <laughs> it really would be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. yeah. What do you think you'd be doing if you, as for sport, if you weren't fly fishing this age? That's that's a really good question. You know, uh, frisbee? frisbee. No, if if it wasn't, um, couldn't see me doing frisbee. No, I'd probably do something like I don't know. Warehouse cricket, something like that. Get me out of the house for a whole day on the weekend. That'd be fucking great. Yeah. You there, mate? Yeah, mate. What would you do? I didn't hear. I didn't hear what you said there. Cut out for a while. Oh, really? Okay. I said warehouse cricket, something like that. So, yeah. Indoor cricket? No, warehouse cricket, like on the field. Yeah. What's the? I don't understand. What's warehouse cricket? Oh, it's just a grade of cricket. You know. Oh, so, is it? Yeah, so basically, it's you know, it's a it's a game that's played over one day on two weekends, um, or something like that. Depends on the grade, um, but you know, it involves involves people getting out of the house for the whole day. Um, you know, one uh, if it's your team batting, you'll you'll have a bat where you might sit around sink and piss. You know, depends on how serious you are. It'd be a lot of fun. It'd be a lot of sledging. You'd work on your game a bit, um, but yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. I don't even like. Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I tend to tend to wonder what I do. I, I I still think I'd have a disdain for people. Um, <laughs> I and I, I I wonder if I'd probably be hunting, but I'd probably gravitate towards fishing there anyway. Yeah. Maybe permaculture. Okay. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, something uh, sustainable. I could see you doing that. Yeah. Self-sustaining. Yeah. Yeah. Without 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 the presence of um, dickheads, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, I can see you doing bushwalking, something like that. You know, 
<laughs> can you see me with the with the um, with the two sticks? You know, when they walk with the the, um, yeah. the the stakes. Definitely, man. I can see you power walking up footpaths with your two sticks, ready to fight off dogs and let everyone yeah. know how fierce you are as a bushwalker. No, I reckon. I reckon Gators. I, I could, yeah, I could see you going through the uh, through the wilderness all by yourself, beating your own path. You, know? you can. Yeah, I could see yeah. you doing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I could see you in another life beating something else, but um. <laughs> I don't even know that, but, man. Sounds funny. Yeah. I don't know, mate. It's, it's up for interpretation. Clearly, we got a good indication of your thought process there. <laughs> oh man, I could see you in a dark room, fist of fury. You know, procrastinating by yourself. That's what you'll be doing for sure. You mean like a computer programmer? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Is yeah. Huh? Is that what they do? I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they maybe they're government department workers. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of how many uh, uh, like uh, broadcast offense offense. You know, like as many people as you can offend as possible. It's fun. If we can't oh. laugh at ourselves. What do we got? Yeah, yeah. And if you think we're savage to other people, <laughs> we each other off here. You know? <laughs> that's why this show works so well yeah mm-hmm. um yeah right look mate i think we've covered a lot we've covered we've covered bumpies we've covered covered copycats we've covered social media uh old mobile phones uh we've covered a, a dark history of, of yuri resin as it pertains to myself when i made you feel really awkward we also learned about alternative sports that you're into hooks boat development and what else was this on earth oh shirts yeah, there you go, man. Cool summarizing skills. I love it. Really, I cool. really thought I had a short-term yeah. memory loss problem there for a while, but I nailed that. You did. Yeah. 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 Can you think of anything else, mate? No. That you want to talk about before we wrap this puppy up? Wrap that puppy up, man. I'm done. Okay, man. Uh, no, I'm not going to talk about that. I was going to talk, talk about something that one of our creepy followers said, but... Um, we said we would give that dude no energy. <laughs> Sounds like you want to. Nah, maybe next week. Yeah, right. Okay. Cool. Yeah, remind me. Okay. Actually, I'll tell you what he said after we get off the air. I don't want to talk about it on air. It's too too much. It's creepy, is it? Well, if you think we're being offensive now, if I say this on air, there's a good chance that um, I might get hate mail. Oh, uh, okay. All right, let's go. All right, dude. Thanks for joining me. And thanks for joining you. Yeah. Thanks for listening, Chris. It's been great. Yeah. <laughs> or variations of. All right, mate. See you next week. Yeah. Two week in a in a plus another week. Yeah. See you. Right.